Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Joyride podcast. I am so incredibly excited for today's episode because I have a beautiful soul joining me today, Sean. Sean is just the magical angel that did my human design chart reading for me, which seems like a million years ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. But she has just made such an incredible imprint on me and my journey. And I'm so excited to welcome her to this space. So welcome, Sean. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So I want to first and foremost, open up the floor to you to just give me a little bit of an intro as to who you are and what you're currently doing in your life right now. Yeah. Um, I always think that's like such a funny, anyone who I listens to this, I'm sure is like dedicated to growth. And I feel like that changes all the time. But as you mentioned, uh, we met through human design. So I've been reading the human design for about uh, just about three years now. I started during the pandemic and that's what really brought me into spiritual work and the spiritual space. Um, and I was living in Latin America for many years prior to the pandemic and then moved back to the U.S. I currently live in Hawaii, which just feels really good. It feels like my home, um, but I'm originally from California. So I currently live on Hawaii, on Kauai, the smallest island. And yeah, I'm doing spiritual work. So I work with the human design. I have a couple of other offerings. And I say my work is all about really guiding people home to the truth of their soul and really what they're here to build and create beyond what they've been taught that they should want to build and create. Um, and yeah, I live by the ocean. I swim every day. I say I'm a mermaid because I feel like really deep resonance with that archetype. So yeah, I pretty much swim and play and live on Hawaii and do my spiritual work. So yeah. Do you have any water signs in your big three in astrology? What's interesting is I have almost no water in my astrology chart. No so, way. Yeah. So there's different interpretations because a lot of people will be like, oh, I'm a triple Pisces and I love the water. But oftentimes because you don't have water, it's what your like soul craves. So I'm actually mostly mm -hmm. fire. I'm a Taurus sun, but I have a lot of planets in Leo. I'm a Leo rising. And I'm a Sag moon and I have a lot of planets in Sagittarius. So my chart is like all fire, a little bit of earth and almost no water, which is interesting. Wow. That may be why I felt this huge resonance when I came across your profile on the human design website. So if you're unfamiliar mm -hmm. with my human design, which we will get into, but I found out about Sean because she was one of the listed readers and I went through, you know, everyone and you just stuck out to me, but I the only element that I'm missing in my big three is fire. Really? So okay. What yeah. are, what are your big three? So I'm a Virgo sun, Gemini moon and cancer rising. Okay. Okay. Beautiful. A lot of my best friends are cancer risings and my sis, one of my sisters who I'm so close with is cancer rising. Yeah. I think often, and that's something that like, I'm sure we'll launch into, but I also felt weird about it first. Cause I think the spiritual space is a lot of very like watery, like very like effeminate people. And I've kind of felt like my energy is a little bit more like kind of intense, you know? But then when I learned mm. about astrology, I was like, this makes sense because it's just like what we embody. So I think oftentimes we look for people we're going to work with. They have like the medicine that we're potentially missing. It creates like a different type of resonance, right? Because a lot of yeah. resonance is like, I see myself in you, but there's also like, I see that you like have something for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's so yeah. funny that you say that I didn't know this about your chart and your big three, but that you have yeah. a lot of fire because when I think of Sean, I think of 
nurturing and care and very feminine and ethereal. And when I think about myself as a reader, I think very direct, raw, honest, blunt. So Mm. it's funny that like, you don't necessarily see that in yourself. It's like, so true. Yeah. What I see in you is what, you know, I'm seeking within myself in a sense. So true. And I love how we can embody different elements of who we are when we're in session and when we're working together. Cause I think that's the reason why I like working one-on-one with people so much is the amount of presence that we're called into, right? It's like, we're so locked in, but like, we don't even know what time it is, you know? And I get that feedback a lot. People are like, you're so caring. And that part of me just like comes out, you know? And that's so funny. Cause also being that human design and astrology are like such different modalities you know, you, I haven't looked at your chart in a while, but you could be someone who has these gates that are all about like, you know, provoking people into their highest state of being. Right. So you could be embodying like those elements of your design in a session. So it's also just cool. It's like, yeah, you notice those things in me that are also in you, you know, that watery, effeminate, like caring self. So I love that. Let's, let's briefly go over what our human design type is. So I'm a 6'2", emotional manifesting generator. My conscious sun is gate 47 and my mm. nation cross is a left angle cross of informing. I know that you're a generator, but I don't know anything else about your type. Yeah. I'm actually going to pull up your chart just so I have it. So I'm a sacral generator. So I'm a non-emotional. I am a five, one profile and I have mm-hmm. the left ankle cross of defiance is my incarnation cross. Mm-hmm. And so my conscious sun is in as the second gate and then conscious earth is the first gate. So I have the left ankle cross wow. of defiance, which I hope we talk about this is all about like pulling people away from the status quo essentially is the is the left angle cross of defense. And you know, what's interesting is looking at your chart, Rebecca, because you have the manifesting, um, you have like, I always think about, so I don't know how people go into human design, but manifesting generators, we have two types. We have ones that have more generator energy, ones that have more manifestor energy. But whenever you have such a strong throw energy, like yourself, you have this more manifestor energy. Mm -hmm. There are different interpretations. Like the founder would say that you don't, but I will say that you do um, just because of the connection with your throat. So I love that you're like, yeah, I'm so direct because if you even think about your spleen and your throat, like that's how you're supposed to be, right? It's very like direct. Yeah. So it's so cool that you can embody that in your sessions. Cause like I look at your human design and that's what I see. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I definitely, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm a generator, but I see yeah. myself step into that manifestor role more often because of my two yeah. channels. I can't remember exactly. It's my channel coming from my spleen to my throat and then my 2212 channel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause those, um, those are strong. That's as you see your two, I mean, these crucial centers go straight to your throat. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Enough about me back to you. (laughs) Um, walk us through where were you spiritually, physically, emotionally in your life when you came across human design and how the heck did you get to meet Jenna and work under her? Yeah. So I was like, really such a like spiritual baby, but, um, cause I was 20, maybe I was like 23 when I found human design. I'm now 30. So it's been a long time, but when I was 23 and I had my, my dad passed away when I was in college. So I was 21 when he passed away as my senior year of college at UCLA. I'm wearing sweatshirts still, but I, that was like the catalyst to my spiritual journey. I had kind of experimented. I started meditating 
maybe like the summer before my senior year, actually, because I felt so anxious about the future. And I realized now that I found human design, like the biggest thing was that I was, I was actually like awake to what I wanted, but that was so scary because I went to this big school, this like academically prestigious school and people really go into like a couple of different avenues for work normally. And I was like, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to work in an office. I don't want to like be in a city. And I actually was like, I don't know how to make that life work because no one was doing that at the time. Right. This was also, I mean, this would have been 2000 and like 14, 15. So there were people working online, but like, I didn't have an Instagram. I didn't even know it was a thing at the time. So, and if I knew it, I wouldn't have been like, that's my calling. So I started to meditate, got started to get spiritual my dad passed away and I like really went all in. I was like, spirituality is like the way it's like the answer. And I think at the time it just gave me a lot of comfort that nothing else would give me. Cause it's very challenging. You know, if you lose someone who I think like most of us in our young adulthood, we've lost our grandparents, which is very sad, but our grandparents are also like, they're old. Right. And, and it's still shocking when they pass away, but it's like, that's kind of what, what happens. Like that's the cycle of life. But I think losing someone who's like not there, of course, your parents will pass at some point, you know, but I was so young. It wasn't what I thought. He was so healthy that I just was like, I need answers or I'm like going to go crazy. And so I got very spiritual, but I got spiritual in the sense of like, I think I was very like, everything happens for a reason. And like, I needed to like cling on to that narrative. And I still believe that, but I think as we spiritually mature, we also know that things will happen for a reason, but they're not going to be what we want. And so I think when I first found human design, my spirituality was like, God will give me everything I want. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was like, it it's worked because like I needed that narrative, but basically I found human design and it felt like this like huge saving grace for me because I was teaching English in Columbia. It was like my second job. My first job was like working in research and I thought I would get my PhD and I really didn't like it. And then I was like, I'm going to go teach. I want to learn Spanish. And I loved my life in Colombia, but I knew I didn't want to be a teacher. It just like, wasn't filling me up. It wasn't feeling good. And so I basically, uh, teachers in Colombia went on strike. I couldn't go to school for like two months. And it was actually the first time in my life when I had to like really sit with myself because for most of us, we don't spend a lot of time like sitting with ourselves, right? We're on the go, we're out in the world in college. You know, we do like a million things, high school, a billion things, right? So we can get into college. Like I had never just been like, I need to just like sit. And that's kind of what I had to do when I was in Colombia. And I was so scared. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know who I want to be. And I read about human design in an article in Goop. And I think just like the science of it made me feel like so much more like good. Like it was like, what if you knew your design? And I was like, oh my God, I have a design. Like I need to know this. And so that's when I really was like, I want to learn everything I can there wasn't any information about human design at the time. I forgot about it. And then two years later, when I was 25, I found it again, when I lived in Panama. And this is when I was working at a nonprofit. And I was like, I don't like this either. And then I found Jenna's profile and basically like loved her, loved her take on human design and was like really obsessed and was like trying to read everybody's chart, like trying to figure everything out. And then flash forward to when Jenna launched her training pre-pandemic I basically had left my job at the nonprofit was like, I'm going to travel and actually I had a totally different business idea. And basically it was like, I remember talking to one of my best friends. I was like, I kind of want to do this human design training, but I don't know if it's going to be worth it. 
And we basically talked it out and she was like, well, why don't you just do it? Because worst case scenario, you like don't find it interesting, but I really just wanted to do the training so I could learn about my chart and learn about my family's charts because no Mm -hmm. one had a lot of quality information about it. So I was like, cool, done. Did it while I was traveling, read everybody's chart that I met. Like it was so fun. I would like meet people at hostels and read their charts. It was like such a joy. So then basically when Jenna launched that she was going to like recommend people to read, I was like, well, I'll just see if I can do this while I make money to do this other business. Like I didn't think I was going to do it. And I also thought that like, I always tell this story. I thought Jenna was going to recommend hundreds of people because Jenna's amazing. And Jenna's also so like open and like loving. And I I think, I think she picked a smaller number of people for a certain specific reason. It's not because she's not loving and amazing, but she's so chill that I was like, Oh, there'll be like 200 people. And we'll just like maybe have a session every now and again. And so basically I applied, found out I was going to be one of her readers and then showed up to our meeting, like in my pajamas with my retainer in. Cause I was like, Oh, we'll be off camera. This is just like us getting info. And then, yeah, she was like, well, everyone introduce yourselves. And I was like, Okay. Oh my god. Let me pull my retainers out. Yeah. So it was all super random, but it just like lined up. Like I never thought, like I always tell people this. I never thought that like working with Jenna was gonna mean that like I was gonna like do human design. I thought it would be like I would have a reading every once in a while. Mm. And then it kind of became clear to me that that was like what my soul really wanted to do at that moment because the opportunity lined up. It didn't feel like work, you know. And I even think yeah. about the way you talked about this podcast. It's the longest answer ever, but it was so, it felt so serendipitous. It just was like, I need to do this. I need to do this, but not from a, like, I need to make this happen. Like I literally was like, maybe this will work. Like this is probably the most casual thing ever. And it wasn't, it actually was like a big, as you know, it was a huge thing for the human design space. I was so lucky to become one of her readers. And I just didn't know any of that at the time. (laughs) I was like, this is a thing that I'm obsessed with and yeah. Does that make sense? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Have you found that most of the people that find you are finding you through the, my human design website or is it through word of mouth? Like how are you getting most of your clients that you work with? Yeah. So I'd say I still, I, my business has like ebbed and flowed. And I think so much of that too, was having so much like resistance to this work at first. Mm. And that's kind of what I liked about being under Jenna is I didn't really have to tell anybody that I was doing it. Like, I don't know if like you will relate or anyone listening would relate, but I had all these fears that everyone was going to think I had like lost my mind. Right. Like they're going to be like, Sean's this like born again Christian that like loves these like weird things, you know, there's nothing wrong with Christianity. It's just like not my story. And so it's ebbed and flowed to the point where when I first started for my first, like maybe six to mm, maybe almost my first year reading the human design was just purely through my human design. And then now it's ebbed and flowed. I say it's like about 50, 50, but I still see a decent amount of clients through my human design. And then Um, I'm actually working on not leaving the space. I will always love human design, but I'm kind of working on creating my own spiritual work separate from human design that incorporates it, but isn't like it. So it's been a while since that was my focus, but it's ebbed and flowed. I'd say 50, 50 now, but at the start, I mean, it was really just like, I mean, a crazy opportunity if you think about it. Cause when I first found human design, no one was reading charts. And like, when I say no one, I mean, no one, like maybe Aaron Claire Jones, but not really. Mm -hmm. I really didn't like the blueprint when I got it. Like, I'm I'm sure it's an amazing, it's an amazing product. Just like, I'm a five one. I'm like, I want to know everything. And that's just not what that product is for. 
So yeah, I mean, it was a ridiculous opportunity. And so, yeah, I was working ma- mainly with her. And then ever since I'd say for the past two years, it's been half and half her site, my work individually, and then my human design. It's yeah. so interesting that you say that just now you are transitioning into your own separate business because another mentor that I have found through this whole me launching my business, human design coaching experience. Her name yeah. is Eden Carpenter. She is an uh-huh. she is such an alchemist and a genius. And she a few months ago decided to basically burn down her human design business. And now she's creating this whole new program. She's also a 6'2 emotional manifesting generator. And she is just so incredible. But it's so there's always, I'm constantly talking about this on my Instagram stories and just to people in my life. We are all part of this collective and whether you consciously know this or not, we're all connected to one another. So it makes so much sense why you are sitting here with me now saying I'm moving my business into this new direction. I'm like, that's so funny because this other mentor that I go to very often is doing the same thing. And so we're now shifting into this new paradigm. I mean, we just had this major switch up with the nodes of now the North node and Aries, the South node and Libra which mine are actually flipped. So I need to talk to my astrologist about that because yeah, North node is in Libra. My South node is in Aries. And because collectively it's opposite. I'm like, what You're is like, that? What the hell do I do now? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. But that something that I want to ask you, I don't know if I have this recorded because we were chatting a little bit before, but you would ask yeah. me how the podcast is going. And I said, I have been sharing my truth and my authenticity for years. And so starting this podcast, I got this channeled message and everything has just been flowing. It feels so easy. It feels so natural. But my question for you is, how do you discern between the things that come so naturally to you where it just feels like fun and it doesn't feel like work and your story about you becoming a full-time reader and really launching your own business because that's what you've done and the things where you are so driven and so ambitious and you're so passionate about something, but it's just, you're feeling a lot of friction towards what you're doing. Yeah, totally. And I actually think that that's something that I probably, that's probably like the spiritual question that I ponder the most, right? Because so many of us find our way to human design and I I don't know if this was part of what made you love it because they're so tired of forcing the wrong things. And I think that's kind of where I was at. That's what changed me more than anything in finding human design was I was the generator that just pushed, you know, and I loved that. Like, I was like, I can make anything happen. And like, I'm like, that's cool, Sean, but do you even like it? You know? Yeah. And honestly, it didn't matter to 18 year old Sean. It didn't matter if I liked it or not. You know, like I was just like, we just do the things and we make it happen. So when I found human design, I was like, Whoa, I'm not supposed to feel like everything is so hard. But then I think that discernment is such a good word because I've definitely had moments on my path where I was like, I'm not interested in this if this is not meant to be. I still feel that way, right? I'm like, I'm not on this earth to do stuff I'm not meant to do. At this point, I'm the left angle cross of defense. I'm so far off the status quo. I'm like, fuck it. At this point, like, I'm not in it to, I'm not, I'm such a different human. I'm not available to do stuff that's not meant for me. But I would say like what I always tell my clients is that you have to think about your work as multifaceted, especially if you make the choice to be an entrepreneur, because it is multifaceted, right? Being an entrepreneur is more than just 
me showing up in a session and doing a really good job, right? But I think the most important thing needs to be that you love that job, right? And so that, I think the things that we love and that they matter to us, they're always worth like, I don't like the term fighting for, but sometimes entrepreneurship will feel a little bit like a battle because it comes with all the stuff that we just naturally don't know how to do, right? Because- Mm -hmm you know, we weren't born to, I was not born to make a website or be a marketer or, you know, learn how to like make a graphic on Instagram. I'm like, I don't like any of that. Right. But I think the way we know if something still is meant for us is if we love that thing, we love that work. Right. And so for me, it's always been, I love being in a session, right? Like I'll have my, you know, sessions that are kind of not magical, you know, like we all will as practitioners or coaches, But, you know, 95% of my work is like, oh my God, like this is the best hour of my day and I'm like technically working. So I would always say like, if your soul wants you to like start a business and you don't like certain pieces, like that's okay. You know, it's not supposed to feel like everything about, because also life is so um, like the purpose of the life of life is to like, give us a really quality education, right? Like call it like our life curriculum. And so if all of our curriculum is just coasting, that's not a good curriculum, right? It's, it's too easy, right? It'd be like, if you and I were in elementary school for our whole lives, that's so uninteresting, you know, we need to graduate. And so that's helped me too, to see like, if I'm getting obstacles on my path, is that the universe inviting me to look elsewhere or is that the universe inviting me to like look within and see how strong I am and how capable I am and how one bad day, quote unquote, in my business doesn't mean that I need to burn it to the ground, you know? Yeah. But I'd say the biggest red flag is if you sit down to do your work and you do not like it anymore, then that might be an invitation to go deeper. Do you need to switch it up? Is your soul calling you to do something different? Because the work is the gift, you know, like that's the gift that we get to like do this work that we love. And so until we don't love it anymore, I like always say it's worth it, even if there's obstacles. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Totally. Wow. Yeah. This is like, I'm getting a free session right now. And I love it. So <laughs> I can't help it. This is my natural work, right? I so know. I'm like, yeah, I get it. it. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. Like I'll go to coffee with a friend and they they walk away, you know, two hours later. Oh, I didn't know I was getting a whole life coach session. I'm like, it's just what I do and I can't I help know. it. It just oozes I out know. of me. But I loved what you said about when I think about the way that you show up online, it's so carefree. Like you really don't post that much specific information about human design when you share and you talk on your stories it's more about just the universe and like how we are moving throughout this world and you aren't always talking about okay the six two and the three five and like define yeah. energy and undefined energy and you're totally. posting about the beach and you're you know you doing your tarot card I'd like tarot card pulls in nature drinking your cacao and like it, it comes across as so freeing. And I think seeing that constantly reminds me as an entrepreneur, you know, I don't have to always be behind my computer making these graphics on Canva and I don't need to be the marketer because I think for me, that's where I struggle the most because when I'm in a session with someone, I love it. And I can feel myself stepping into that power when I'm sitting here on the mic speaking, it feels so natural and so free and so aligned to me. But at the end of the day, it's like, I want to pull in these clients because I know, and I I know that I'm born and I'm meant for this, but I'm not a marketer and I'm not here to sell you on something. 
So that's really refreshing to hear you say that. Totally. Love it. Yeah. And honestly, it's really refreshing to hear you say that because I've had so much like guilt, not guilt around that, but I've thought about that a lot because I mean, you know, this as someone who is an authentic person, like, because I actually think that like the, the best thing about being an entrepreneur is authenticity, like hands down, you know, like it's freedom. But as you know, sometimes being an entrepreneur does not feel all that free, you know, because there's a lot that comes with it. So for me, I've had to really get down to like, why do I want this path? Right. Because every path has its, has its things, but entrepreneurship has a lot more things in the realm of like uncertainty and just like discomfort, like God, being an entrepreneur, is just like, you really have to face your shit again and again and again and again, you know? And I think that like, that was hard for me and how I show up online because I don't like creating human design content like that. I don't. And you know how I read a chart, like, don't get me wrong. It is important that you are six two, but the magic for me of the human design is like the story that the chart tells and Mm -hmm. to pull, to pull apart specific pieces has never felt right to me because there's so many nuances to a chart and to a person. And so I've never liked to create content like that, but that was always really hard for me because I was like, wait, but there's these accounts and they blow up and they're talking about the sun gate. And I'm like, I can't do that, you know? And so just thank you for saying that because I have the inability to make myself do things I don't want to do. Hence why we're entrepreneurs, right? We're usually really bad at doing stuff we don't want to do. And so I've just had to like accept that about myself. But there's been so many times where I was like, does this even land? I'm pulling my tarot at the beach. So hearing you say that makes me be like, okay, the right people are always going to find you, you know? And I think, I don't know if this helps you, but I've always reframed marketing as like just giving people the opportunity to know that we're meant to work together, right? It's not like, like you said, it's like, you know, everyone has their own interpretations of business, but the coolest thing about you working for yourself is that you get to choose that interpretation. You get to choose how you run your business. And if you don't want to be super salesy in the way that feels uncomfortable for you in an inauthentic way, you don't have to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And then if you did do that, babe, you probably would end up with all these people that you're like, how did you end up working with me? <laughs> right. Cause totally. you would be doing it in a way that's not authentic. You know, that's kind yeah. of how it works. And I think the most beautiful thing about life is I loved what you said about the best part of being an entrepreneur is your authenticity. And I 150% agree with that. When I think of my reading with you, it was a story and I left it with so many questions and thinking this was a story for me. She was just storytelling my life. But the way that I show up in a session is so different. I take on this natural role of a teacher and when I try to to maneuver my session yeah. in the way that you did it for me, I'm like, this doesn't feel aligned. So it's interesting because I totally. loved our session together, <clears throat> but through that experience, I learned what's in alignment for me, what am I comfortable with, and what what is not in alignment for me. Totally. And that's what's so cool about this work, right? Is like there's so many different ways to read the human design. Your relationship with the human design is different than my relationship with the human design, right? Mm-hmm. And we just have to trust that the people that come to you, they want that. People that come to me like want my way and it's yeah. all just so, it's it's all open to interpretation and freedom and flexibility and like it has to be what's aligned. Otherwise you're going to be like, yeah, this doesn't work for me. You know, it yeah. just wouldn't, it wouldn't, you know? Yeah, 100%. So you obviously are- very knowledgeable about human design. 
over the years, do you now include other modalities? Because I know that you infuse some type of energy work in your session. So walk me through kind of like, first of all, like, have you sought out, or I guess as a generator, just come across and responded to other healers and creators and mentors in the space? And how have you used other modalities in what you now offer to people? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I'm also a five one, right? So that one energy we're like always seeking, you know, and I think above all else, like one of the greatest like passions and like best things about life for me is always learning. And I've also been trying to know that I don't have to learn something because I want to like bring it into my work. But um, I'd say the main thing I did was I got certified to be a clairvoyant, which is essentially just like interpreting the intuition through visuals. And I did that like right when I started reading charts and then incorporated that in So I do like, I am like Reiki certified. I've like done all the things because I love all the things like this is, you know, such like passion work for me. Um, But I'd say the main thing that happens in a session is still like, yes, reading the human design. But honestly, I'd say like my main gift is like, I have a lot of knowledge now because I've spent years working with the system. And I think I have a different relationship. I did a training last year that really deepened me with like the gates and the channels and you work with the system, you know, that there's different interpretations of those parts of the chart. They're very, I mean, they're based off this extremely ancient text, you know, that, so I think like I've deepened my knowledge so much with especially the gates and the channels, but I do do a lot of intuition work in my readings. And I've realized that the thing that helps it happen is the focus. So for me, because I have such a like deep relationship with the human design is the moment I see the chart, I'm just like focused And I can get a lot of messages because I work with a coach now who's helped me see that intuition is just focus, right? It's focus, it's intention and it's presence. And I used to be like, I don't know why I get messages during sessions, but I do. And it's really just because I'm focused on the human design chart because I look at the chart and I see a story. It's always been that way for me, but now it's like way deeper because I've had, I've read so many charts. So now it's more like intuitive, it's energy. It's definitely like primarily human design. But there's a lot of intuition because that's just the way I get messages is by looking at the chart. And so that's how I'll know, like, like, for example, if I sit down to read your chart and initially I'm getting messages, I'll be like, okay, um, I'll kind of discern, like, based off of looking at the chart, how to weave those messages in. If it's like, Mm -hmm. I'll tell it with a story if they need to be told right away. So it's kind of like intuition, energy, human design, but the focus is definitely like weaving those messages into the information of the human design. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. That's what it is basically. Yeah. Yeah. And I've experienced it firsthand. So I know that Sean's work is absolutely incredible. And just like you said, it's so, I felt the sense of just intuitiveness, whereas it's not just, okay, here are your gifts, here are your skills. This is what your profile is. Like it was a true Like I'm sitting down and you're reading a story to me. Yeah. And I think I'd be curious to hear your thoughts being that you work with human design is that like part of my, I felt limitations with human design or that it isn't this like cut and dry thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's not like we're, okay. And this is probably why I don't love the blueprint. It's like, okay, boop, like go, this is your like prescription, but it's like, that's not what we are as human beings, right? So you could have the exact same chart as someone, but based off of your life experiences and your story, which is why I always start a session with like, well, tell me what's up. You know what I mean? Like there's such a different way that information wants to be delivered. So you can go live that information. But 
I mean, the human design is like so new paradigm, right? Like you could have the exact same chart as someone, but a different soul desire, right? Your soul could totally. want to be you know, a life coach entrepreneur. Someone with your same chart could be like, I need to go start an ice cream company, you know? And it's only when we dig deeper that we can find that story, you know, but the human design enables our, enables our journey, but it's not like a prescription. Does that make sense? Like, I don't yeah. see it that way. If that, yeah. That makes yeah. Sense. I agree. The way that I interpret human design is for me and the work that I do is it, it gives me a foundation because I always felt yeah. like, okay, I have such incredible advice and I am a natural coach and guide for other people, but I'm only speaking from my experience and I'm a natural, I share a lot about who I, who I am and my experience in my sessions, because it helps me relate to that person, which yeah. obviously I turn it around on them because it's their session. But I think where I have shifted in reading the human design chart for people is I used to come into these sessions and I would spend so long, like doing all the research and writing up this, you know, five page long blueprint for them. And I wanted to hit every single point. I wasn't leaving space. I wasn't leaving the space for them to share and to really just share with me those aha moments. And then me knowing that, okay, if I'm meant to do this, which I know that I am being an intuitive guide, I'm going to let them lead the session wherever that needs to go and not feeling when the hour's up, oh shit, I didn't go over X, Y, and Z, which I thought I was going to go over. I'm just like, I left my reading with you with a thousand questions. And it made me not that I had to come back and see you again, but I was like, I need more. I need more information. But in that moment, I truly felt like what my soul was seeking, I I received. Totally. And I do think that that's such a cool, like the way you phrase that, because like, there's no shortage of information in the world. Right. And I think the tricky thing right now on the spiritual path is it's easy to be like, I'm going to know everything. Right. And there's nothing wrong with knowing everything. Right. But I always tell people too, like, people are like, well, what's your conscious mercury? I'm like, I don't fucking know if I can cuss, like yeah. even in my own human design, I don't know. And I don't care. Right. Cause I'm like, that's not the story for me with human design, because ultimately like when someone comes to you, they're coming for an experience. They're coming to, they want to like, I mean, I try to differentiate myself as a reader, as like, I want to show you your soul, right? If you come to me because you want to know like how to meet your soulmate, like I'm probably not the right reader for you. You know, I'll tell you more about your soul, but like, that's, that's like, people are going to remember such like unique things that you're sharing. And it's like, don't get me wrong. I think you should know that the 47th gate is your conscious son. Like, yeah, that's a packed gate. You should know that, but that's not really why people come to you, right? They want to know those things, but they want to like have an experience. They want to feel you. So if we're so like kind of running off a script, people can't feel us, you know, they're like, yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, I think it's really cool that you found that flow because there are a lot of people that I think come into a session being like, well, I just need to know what are all these dots. Yeah. And it's like, you really need to know a lot more than that. You know, your soul wants to know a lot more than that. Yeah. So I'm glad that you found your flow and can like do that for people. Cause that's what they yeah. really want, you know? Yeah. And it's, I think it's taken me to do a lot of deconditioning work with learning more about human design, because I'm finding that a lot of the people that come to me with all of these questions, I mean, it's one question after another 
open Ajna, open crown. They're just like searching, 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 searching external answers that are outside of them. So now instead of sitting here thinking, oh shit, they're asking me these questions, which I don't know the answer to. I feel dumb now. I feel like I'm not an expert and I can't truly step into this role that I know that I'm meant to take on. It's like, let me flip the script a little bit. So now my purpose has shifted entirely to, I want to teach people how to be in tune with themselves where you don't need to know every single answer because that's not humanly possible, but all the answers that you are externally seeking are inside of you. You just need to give yourself the space and acceptance to get there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think the reason why I don't like the term of like the human design is like a formula prescription, because it's like what I, I mean, it's like twofold. What I like about the chart is that it's not changing all the time. Right. So I can look at my chart and be like, there she is, you know, like I see it, I know it, but also were these like, and this is where I've actually hit a lot of roadblocks where I'm like, maybe I'm not human design is not the thing for me anymore. Like I've had to really reevaluate my relationship with the system because you know, this is you deepen on your path. Like when I was that 23 year old Googling everything about the human design, I didn't want to be in the mystery. I hated the mystery. I was like, and this actually used to be my motivation for getting really intuitive. So I was like, well, I'm going to know everything. Right. And I wanted that because I was so afraid. I was like, I'm so afraid. I didn't trust life. I didn't trust myself, honestly, when I was 23 and I needed answers, but it was from, it was from a place that was like very graspy, excuse me. And I think people, it's so normal to be like, I just want to know everything about myself. Cause then I don't have to keep wondering, you know, right. But life is so much about wondering, wondering who we are, what we're doing. Like, you know, it's like actually the, the most pivotal thing for me has just been okay with sitting with that. I don't know. Right. Like right now I don't know, and I don't need to know. And that is huge. So I think it's really cool that you can flip the script because as a true teacher, right. Human designs, your is your vessel now, who knows, maybe in five years, you're still going to be teaching human design. Maybe you'll be teaching something brand new, but you are meant to show people and be a way shower and guide people to like, it's okay to be in the mystery sometimes. So I think like, if you get clients like that, that's so good. Cause then you can be like, Hey, I yeah. see you. And let's talk about this, you know? Yeah. And they yeah. reflected what I needed to see in myself back to me very yeah. early on where I was like, holy shit, I don't want to sit here. And then, and I used to feel this way when I started to be invited to do podcast interviews, I would future trip because I, I relate that so much with my gift of intuition, gate 57. I've just, my whole life been like a major wow. future trip. Gate of the now, baby. Yep. Gate of the now. Yeah. And I would stand in the shower and pre-rehearse and it really took a good handful of clients to sit there and ask me question after question and me feeling like I don't want to continue to feel this way where I feel if I don't know every single answer I'm not good enough because at the end of the day and I tell everyone this in my sessions it's not about what you're doing it's just about your energy people come to me and they've never heard about human design before but they will straight up tell me I went to your Instagram and I felt your energy and I just wanted to meet you and I'm like yeah I want to work with you totally that is the person yeah yeah and also like people like you'll meet random men who know nothing about human design and are like perfectly embodying their human designs because they don't give a fuck frankly Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like it's the energy it's how we're being how we're showing up and so I think it's also cool that you had that discernment too that you're like 
I don't want to feel that way. Because I think every every practitioner has felt like almost like they need to be like a performer or they have to like know it all. And it's like, we are just people, you know, like, yeah, I definitely know more about human design than you do if you come to me for a session, right? I mean, you're an expert now, but it's like, that's not what the gift is. And so I think it's really cool that you could have that experience to be like, I'm not here to recite every gate in your chart. You know, I'm here to, for me, guide you home to your truth. Human design is a way in which I can help you do that. So I think it's cool. Like you're just growing as a practitioner and the fact that you're already able to see that universe is sending you those things to be like, Hey, I don't want to feel this way. Yeah. This is how I want to feel. This is who I want to work with. So amazing that you like took that, didn't take that personally and just turn that into like, okay, now this is where I want to go. You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I want to ask what practices do you infuse throughout your day to connect to your soul and your truth? And your sense of intuition beyond obviously being the one and wanting to research everything in human design and all these other yeah. modalities. I know the beach and being by the water is a huge one for you. Yeah, I think for me, like connecting to uh, nature and the land is really important to me. That helps me a lot. But I actually think for me, my my biggest thing is just like feeling connected to like my heart. And nothing has helped me be more intuitive than like, honestly, just taking really good care of myself. Because I think I used to feel like my relationship with my intuition was like conditional. And that used to be really hard for me because I live in one of the least stimulating places in the world, right? Like I live on a very small Pacific Island. There's not a lot going on and there's not a lot of stimulation. And I prefer that for my, you know, my day to day, but like, you know, for most of my twenties, I lived in these like loud, ridiculous cities in Latin America where there were like donkeys on the street and like blow horns at like reggaeton passing by my room, like every night, like crazy places. And it's like, I don't want to be any less intuitive when I'm in Panama city than when I'm on Kauai, you know? And so something I've done so much since I moved here is learn how to just feel like, yeah, like my preference is I'm always close to nature, but the way I really connect to my intuition is tuning into my heart, meditating. And honestly, like meditation, um, I don't recommend it for everybody because of my experience with the human design, but I say whatever helps you put attention on yourself from a very like loving place is your intuition, right? So whether that's like, cause again, I could sit down to pull from my Oracle deck, but I could be distracted and like, Oh, I just need to pull this card versus like, Hey, Sean, like what's going on with you? Like, may these cards reveal anything that I need to know. So like, I can take better care of you if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Cause that's what makes us intuitive. Our intuitions, our body, it's our, you know, it's our, it's the awareness of all that wants to work with us. So anything that enhances that awareness is going to be like what serves me and my intuition. So yeah, like of course, swimming in the ocean is like the best thing in the world. But for me, I'd say it's truly like my meditation practice, my journaling, the course in miracles helps me a lot. It's a huge guide for me this lifetime. Um, yeah. And I like to have it be things that I can take with me everywhere I go. I love that you just brought up a course in miracles because that was the next question that I was going to really, ask you. Uh, you know, I'm a fiend. I, I just know. And it's the intuitive resonance here. So I have yet to read the book. I'm going to start it, but I have read a return to love by Marianne Williamson. Oh, love it, babe. I, every single time I would sit down to read this book, waterworks. I mean, oh, it's it, so good, dude. So incredible. But how do you, because you're always posting about A Course in Miracles, how do yeah. you infuse 
that course and if you could explain a little bit about it because to me it kind of like when I think about A Course in Miracles I'm like it's the spiritual bible kind of in a sense yeah you use totally. it in your work and in your life yeah. So, and I started with the return to love. Actually, like I say that there are like a couple of books that I love so much. I always wish I wish I could go back to the first time I read it. Cause it's like so good. And I read uh, a return to love when I was 25 and it was like, I remember I was living in San Francisco. I was like having this whole moment and that book really unlocked something in me. And then, so the course in miracles. So a Return to Love is Marianne Williamson's interpretation and essentially her summarization of The Course in Miracles. So if you're interested in The Course in Miracles or basically like what I like about A Return to Love is Marianne Williamson's interpretation of spirituality is A Return to Love. So it's basically about being loving is the nature of being spiritual, right? So it's like loving for you could be, you know, telling someone a hard truth, right? Versus for me, it could be like going out dancing all right, right? It's just like, what is like the act of love? And so the Course in Miracles, I would recommend if you read a return to love and you liked it, go for it. But the way I use it is like, Marianne might be disappointed. Like I never started with the early lessons. Like the way it works is that people, uh, people, think that it's Jesus Christ like uh channeled. So it was channeled through this woman, I can't even remember her last name, but she was a professor at Columbia, channeled this whole text and did not publish it until she died. She had the text published when she died, so the true version will be published by the Foundation for Inner Peace. That's like the that's who like basically sends the book out now. Cuz she basically was like I can't have this kind of on my name while I'm alive cuz I'm like this professor that's going to look ridiculous. So mm-hmm. it's this channel text, it's 365 lessons, so one for every day of the year. And it basically is like a purification of your consciousness to enable miracles. And so because you've read a return to love, you know a miracle is just the awareness of the presence of love. So the theory behind the course in miracles is that you go through these lessons So you purify your mind to receive the miracle, right? So let's say, for example, like I'm, you know, and I ask for miracles all the time, right? Because I'm a student of the course. And if my mind is kind of like just shaded, like jaded and kind of like dense, which our minds, that's their kind of their job. If you study the, the biological brain, I can't be aware of the miracle. So the thought is, is that you do these lessons, you change your thought patterns, you raise your consciousness, and then you're more aware of miracles and you let them and you allow them into your life. So it's like the thing that's helped me so much with the course is like the miracle is never absent, right? Like God, which I do not believe in like a Bible, biblical God, that's not my interpretation is never absent. Right. And I think that's, what's helped me a lot with the course is like, you know, God goes with me wherever I go. Right. Is one of the lessons and there is no separation. We just naturally weave in and out of separation consciousness because we're humans. So the purpose of the course is like, let me heal that separation so I can feel my oneness with the creator at all times, basically. Mm-hmm. So the way I use the course is I just kind of open up to a lesson whenever I feel like I need it. The introductory lessons are very helpful because they like set the stage. So at this point I've done them. But I don't by any means have, I'm also a quad right in human design. So you see that I'm not like a, yeah, I'm not like a, let me wake up at 7am and sit down with the course. Like that's my demise according to my human design. So I basically read it when I need it. I open it when I need it. I travel with it. 
And I just kind of trust. I'm like, if you, whatever you have for me, I'm ready to hear it. And that's how I use it. It's very messy, but it's, it's been my, it's like really my, it's my Bible on this path. But I also want to say I have no religious trauma. I have friends that have religious trauma and do not like it because it looks like a Bible, mm-hmm. but I don't have that. So I feel safe calling it my Bible. But if you are like, I just left Christianity and it's not my game, I wouldn't start with The Course in Miracles. I would read A Return to Love and then maybe see how you feel, right? Because it's not the course, it's what it invokes in us. Does that make sense? Yeah. It was a okay. good gateway for sure. And yes. now I feel like I'm not intimidated because I remember looking it up on Amazon and thinking, holy shit, this is huge. I don't know if I'm ready to- Babe, it's a textbook. I know. Yeah. yeah, it's huge. Yeah. It is huge. But now that I've read A Turn to Love, I'm also- it's just so, it's not, I always say it's so, it's so funny, but nothing's funny because things just come to you at the right place in the right time. I'm reading yeah. Big Magic right now. I'm like, this is literally human design. Have you ever read Big Magic? I have. I love Elizabeth Gilbert. She's Incredible. such a profound teacher. Yeah. I'm like, and it's, it's just so, so good. It's so funny how I'm reading a, t- a Return to Love and Big Magic. And I'm like, this is all, do these people, do they know about human design? Because it's all so weaved in and interconnected. So that's the thing they don't, they know about God, right? And that's what's helped me so much is I had a teacher once be like, remember, human design is belongs to the universe, right? Mm -hmm. And so these teachings are all guiding us back to oneness and to God. They're just different ways of doing that. So it's the same thing of like, you know, if you read Big Magic, that's like no different than like Rick Rubin's new book about creativity. That's no, like all of these things are connected because they're all Uh, like teachings of the divine right and if you think about the divine it's just like get the teachings out there right whether it's big magic it's the course in miracles it's human design like the people just need it and it's really cool you can make those connections because it just shows that you are like oh yeah we're all just part of this universal oneness right you know and I think yeah that has helped me as a now business owner, a, a spiritual business owner, because yeah. I've come across and I live somewhere that's around me are all these coaches and healers and creators. And sometimes I can get really consumed with, okay, but who is Rebecca? And I, yeah. try, to, I try to stay very rooted in my own authentic gifts and what I am here to offer to people. But at the end of the day, if you go to a Reiki practitioner, if you go to an energy healer, if you go see an astrologist, you will find that at the end of the day, we are all just here to share and give you love in the way that your soul needs to receive it. So I, I tell people all the time, like, I can't even tell you how many people that I've recommended to go see you because I will straight up tell people I may not be your cup of tea and I'm totally fine with that, but I'm me and I'm very confident in who I am as a person. So if I don't resonate with you, trust me, there's someone else out there who will. Totally. Yeah. And that's also how you know, Rebecca, that you're doing that is a spiritual business, right? So a spiritual business doesn't have to have spiritual services. It's just a commitment to living by spiritual principles, right? And that's the thing about love is there's no cap on love, right? And so when we're running our business from a loving place, there's no loss. In fact, like A Course in Miracles lesson is giving and receiving are one and the same, So there's no loss in you being like, you should go see Sean, right? So there's no loss in me being like, oh, wow, like I'm not the right person for you. You should go see Rebecca. And so I think if anything, that just shows how mature you are. And that's a true spiritual business, right? I could be 
selling, you know, Reiki and tarot and mediumship, but be running my business from a completely unspiritual place. That's not a spiritual business, you know? And so I think it's really cool that even to hear you say that is like, yeah, that, that right there is just as important as the work you do. What's, how do you run your work? Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's so cool to hear you say that. Thank you. What yeah. a, what a validating episode this is for me. I love it. So <laughs> You're much. on the right path, babe, running your spiritual um, business. The last thing that I want to ask you is how do you define a fulfilling life? Yeah, I love um, thinking of, I think about this a lot. And I think if you like work in the space, something that has helped me so much is that that like quest never ends, you know? And I think, I don't know if this will, I think this will resonate with you as like a seeker. It's brought me so much peace to know that the goal isn't to reach this point where I'm like, we've met fulfillment naturally when you're someone who loves to grow and evolve and expand you're constantly having a conversation with yourself about what does fulfillment look like for me at this now moment and in this next iteration of self and I think that's helped me be like more at peace because you know how you're kind of like oh wait I should just reach this moment where I'm like we got it you know and it's like that does not come (laughs) we're always doing it we're always going for it And so for me, a fulfilling life is a life that I would say like, wake up and you feel like, like this really feels like me and mine. And it's an authentic life at the end of the day, because even if like you're living your authentic life, but you you're disappointed sometimes, or you still feel like you are, you know, failing or whatever, we're all going to have moments like that. You like, it's like so worth it because you know, it's like, it's so authentic, right? Versus You could be living an inauthentic life and be like, quote unquote, like crushing it. My sister and I have this joke. It's like, anytime we ask how we did, it's like, oh, you crushed it, right? It's just like all we say when we need validation, but you wouldn't feel that way if it wasn't right, you know? So for me, fulfillment is just like, do I feel like I can wake up every day and be myself and be proud of who I am, even if that means that things don't look exactly as I want them to? Cause they never will. <laughs> when you're a manifest, like a true visionary, it, your life is never going to look exactly like you want it to, because once it does, you just have already started dreaming of the next thing. Yes. So yes, it's just the life, right? So for me, fulfillment is like, yeah, I, I guess that's the simple thing is I feel like I can really be myself, be proud of who I am, be proud of the work I'm doing in the world and be proud of how I treat people and how I show up. That's fulfillment for me. Amazing. Well, this has been incredible. This was so fun. You know, I love you. You're amazing. I I mean, the feeling is so mutual. I I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you, a thousand percent. And I just so sweet. Thank you. Like I know that my my soul at the time, and still because I am constantly, even if I'm not face to face with you, I'll send you a voice memo or I'm just looking at your Instagram posts. It's exactly what my soul needs in that moment. So you are amazing. I Thank, so you for, that. Thank you for sharing your gifts with us here on the podcast. Any last remarks, if you'd like to share, you know, maybe what you're serving right now in your business, because I know that you just launched kind of like a new initiative in terms of business. Yeah. So, um, and also just like, thank you for being in your gifts and for having me on. You're so amazing. And I thought that way from our session, I was like, wow, this one has magic, you know? So it's so fun to thank see you, you pursuing that. 
And yes, you can find me on Instagram at underscore Sean Nicole. There should just be one underscore. There's a lot of scammers out there. So make sure there's yes. just one. So many. Um, and my website, SeanNicoleM.com. Um, M is for Murphy, my last name. And yeah, so I actually launched a career session. I don't know, actually, at this point, it's on my calendar. If you feel called, please book it. It is a great session. I'm still feeling like it might change, but I do do my human design sessions. I do like life architecting, which is a follow-up to the human design. I know you've had one of those sessions. It's kind of like we break down whatever you're working on. And we really get you to a, like a place of like, okay, this is how I'm going to move forward in the most aligned way. And then, yeah, my career session but be on the lookout. It might change a little bit. I'm trying to figure out like how it wants to evolve, but it's basically like using a couple of different modalities to kind of get you more aligned in your career path and help you figure out, okay, what's going to be the best move for me um, like in the now and then also with like the long-term in mind. So I do some Akashic Records stuff, more energy reading and um, a little bit of human design, but just very like purpose-focused human design is what it is. So cool. Yeah, well, I'm always I'm always staying up to date with you and what you're doing. So you. I keep you all up to date. But I think that's all that we have for today on this episode. Thank you all for listening. And again, thank you, Sean, for just sharing your light. Truly. Thank you so much. So thank, you, babe. thank you. Thank you.